So, Michelle. Oh, my God. David, yeah, mate, it's, look, it's really busy at the moment. It's a bit crazy with the whole intelligence world. I mean, Ukraine's on. on fire and mm. China is flying around a lot and all this sort of stuff. But oh, we, and, and more people are, are falling out of windows. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Or I overboard. Mean, overboard. Yeah. Someone fell overboard. I reckon he went out of porthole. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> I mean, it's like it, he's not even hiding it anymore. No. It's just like, let's just <laughs> chuck him out of window. It's like literally raining executives. Exactly. It's like if you want a job in the energy industry, Go to Russia. You'll have it, not for long, no. but you will have it. Yeah, and yeah, look, yeah. And, and the exit strategy isn't isn't it's a lot. It's pretty harsh. <laughs> but I want to go back to a listener request. This came through on our Twitter feed, at iSpidePodcast. At iSpidePodcast. At iSpidePodcast. Oh, at iSpidePodcast. Have you noticed? I'm not going, hang on, hang on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm doing the right thing. I know. I love how you're saying it properly. It's at iSpide Podcast. At iSpide Podcast. Right. Right. So this came through and it was just, it was a question from a listener. And I'm really sorry. I can't remember which person it was. Mm. Um, but basically they went, if secrets are so important, why do we keep telling everyone what we're doing? And her thing was, why do we keep talking about the planes we've got? And the tanks we've got, yeah. and the the boats we've got, and it's like I went. That's a really good question. So I I went into my little blanket fort of sadness. Yeah, and it didn't come out for three days. And I've just come out, and boy, do I have a story to tell you. Can't wait. You're listening to I Spy, the Maverick of Australian Intelligence. There's only one man who can do this, and it's me. So I'm going to do it. I'm going to fly that plane the way no one's ever flown the plane before. Upside down backwards with a girl inside drinking a martini that I made throwing bottles around. How many more references to me can I make? Hello and welcome to I Spied. My name is Michelle Stevenson. I'm here with David Callan. And look, we're going to talk about secretive defence programs or yeah. or of the ilk. Yep. Um, before we get stuck into it, though, I do want to say yes. a big hello to our number one fan. Who's that? It's my nine-year-old son. No way. Bay Ryder McLean. Now, he literally, every time it comes on in the car, he's like, oh, my God, this is my favourite podcast. <laughs> and so I just thought I'd give him a sneaky little shout-out. Thanks, Bay. I know. He really loves it. My boys, when they hear it, they go, oh, God, this again. <laughs> oh, God, Dad's still talking. <laughs> See, I've re- he's at the age where he's not sick of me yet. It's oh, really amazing. Bay, Bay, Bay. <laughs> It'll happen. Trust it me. It will happen. It won't. You're the mum. I know. Ne- you never fall out of love with your mum. Which is which is why I'm so thankful I have a so boy. you're really lucky. Uh, I, I'm a dad. <laughs> I'm screwed <laughs> either way. You. Right. They hate you. They just hate me. Right. Now, here's okay. the defence programs. Okay. There's a lot of money that goes into defence programs. We yes. spend a lot of money. Okay. Interestingly, yeah. so the US is now, I think it's somewhere in this year, is somewhere in like the 300 trillion mark. Now, that was like- that was way more than what they were spending when they were wrapped up in Afghanistan and yeah. stuff like that. So it's just interesting. They spend so much money defending themselves from who? Well, that's a really, really good point. <laughs> All right. This is this is why when I first saw the question, I went, oh, mm. yeah, that's a good, I suppose that's a good question. And I went, oh, have a look. And then it was just like, oh, mind Blown, yeah. You know that that gif of the guy doing that with all the yeah. stars around. So. Yeah, yeah. It's an emoji. It's an emoji. It's an emoji. Yeah. No, it's not an emoji. There's it all, is an emoji. Oh, there well. is an emoji. It's a little. Yes. Yeah. Right. Good. All Sorry. Right, boomer. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, television. Yeah. How exciting, right? <laughs> Free to air. I think I'll watch something with commercials. Yeah. Right. So anyway, we have all of these secrets, and we have all of these amazing programs, and we do spend a lot of money on it. Yeah. Like the Americans actually spend more money than the next five countries it's combined, put together. Right? I know. And you just. And hang on, they're not winning. That's the other thing that's really interesting. 
But also they're not fighting anyone. So well, I don't understand why you're spending all this money because you've got always fighting someone. <laughs> no. But like, you know, you've got you've got high inflation, you've got yep. a country that is really struggling yep. to pay their grocery bills, yep. you've got petrol prices soaring, yep. but sure we're gonna spend yep. trillions. Yep. Oh, Who's a boomer now? I just heard a glung from a computer <laughs> and it wasn't me. It was a very important message. Yes. Keep right. Going. So you're absolutely right. Yeah. There is all of this money that's needed elsewhere, but we're spending it in certain places. Yeah. Like, there was a really interesting point that was made, and it was when I was working at Asia that this came up, because I, I brought the same question up to one of our um, analysts. I went, what, why do they spend so much money mm. when they're not in a war? Yeah. And back then they weren't in a war, and then suddenly they were in Iraq. Yeah. And he turned around and he said, basically, if the Americans turned around and went, right, we're going to stop all defence spending for a day, literally the entire world would go into recession. Right. right, Because there is so much money going out around the world or moving around the world because of these weapons right, and this research and development. Mm. Now, a really great example is the F-35 strike fighter. You're oh, yeah. Our little stealth plane that's really yep. cool yep, and everything. Yep, yep. And eventually we'll get into the air, hopefully. Now, we are receiving them. We're getting them now, and um, they're slowly coming online. The British have finally, the British Navy have finally got them flying off the decks of their aircraft carriers, and have just announced in Jane's that yes, these are now operational. We yep. can use them in a combat situation. Will they? Probably not. They're very expensive. Well, the US Air Force admitted that the stealth fighter has actually failed. Yeah, well, that, yeah. So, <laughs> and yeah. they spent they spent something insane on it, like some insane amount of money. And Hundreds of billions of dollars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they've just admitted that it's actually failed. Yeah. Now, so, the, it's, it has a sticker price of around $100 million per plane. Yeah, you know what? I'm in the market for a new car. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm thinking well, of getting a Lexus. Anyway, don't get don't get a Lexus. Why not? Well, it's expensive to fix. No, no, it's fine. It's a get Toyota. a Kia. The new Kias look amazing. The new Kia is the car to get super cheap to fix. <laughs> really, no, but they look really good. Yeah, I hope we uh, we yeah. Anyway, I know we'll be sponsored. Yeah, Go. right. <laughs> uh, Kia and Northrop Grumman, can you please sponsor us? Right. So here's the thing: the F35 was commissioned like it was Lockheed Martin. They said yeah. Lockheed Martin, we want you to yep. make this, and they turned around to Northrop Grumman, another arms company, and went, "Can you make the airframe and also the avionics for this?" And then they and here's the thing. The whole idea is it's, ladies and gentlemen, defence is a bit of a boondoggle. It's a bit of a swindle, right? Oh, we we knew that. And, I mean, that's where all the conspiracy theories came about from September 11. Yeah. Because it was like, well, the US perpetuated this war so that the big people can um, make money can make off, more by selling off arms. war. Exactly, right? Yeah. And now, every now and then we need a war just so we can make more money flow around the from system. From the war, yeah. Now, the interesting <laughs> thing about the F-35 is when you look at where it's made – it's made everywhere to the point where they a have- A bit of this and a bit of that. They have a little bit of a security issue with it right now because it's got a piece of Chinese technology in it. And Russia. And, yeah, right. So there's all these yep. different bits and pieces that are all inside this machine, yeah. right, that doesn't really deliver. Yep. Now, the interesting thing is when you look at all of these fifth generation fighters, like, and it's meant to be the very best of the best, the F-35. Yeah. <laughs> which makes you go, well, if it's the best of the best, what the hell are the Chinese and the Russians and everybody else flying, right? The whole thing with this is, it's like, why do we talk about it? If these things are so secret and so important and so expensive, yep. why do we talk about it? First and foremost is accountability. If you're the Department of Defense and you're spending trillions of dollars. Trillions. The voting public are going to want to know what the hell's going on, as is, say, Parliament or in America, Congress. Yep. So they're going to want to know. So you've got to justify the cost, right? The other thing is public- so, so you just build planes that will never work. <laughs> well, don't forget the other thing is a lot of, particularly in America, the congressmen really, really like 
having defence programs in their electorates because that's money coming into their electorate. That's people getting jobs. Yep. And therefore, they keep going. Now, an interesting thing came up. Have you ever heard of the – it's called Milvico. Milvico. Milvico, Queensland. It's part of Rheinmetall. Rheinmetall. No. no. There was, remember, there was footage of Scott Morrison going around a racetrack in a tank? Remember that? Yeah. Like it was last year. He was just going around. He's like, his head sticking out the tank and it's going around and around in circles on a racetrack. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, that racetrack is actually a testing track at Milvico, Military Vehicle Centre of Excellence. It was a project that was built in Queensland. Now, three states wanted that mm. South Australia, because they lost their car industry, Victoria, because they lost their car industry, <laughs> and Queensland, because they wanted a car industry. Now, here's the thing it went to Queensland. The least likely of all states to take it, it went to Queensland. Can you think why? You had Geelong, which is like- The weather. Used to be a car factory, right? You had Adelaide, which used to be a car factory. You had Queensland, which is a mine. Yeah, it's a mine. Right. But what else is in Queensland that the Liberal Party really like? Um, Bad beer. Liberal Party voters, right? (laughs) Yeah, of course. Right. So the whole thing was we don't want to give it to Victoria because we don't like Dan Andrews. We don't want to give it to South Australia because we don't like the Labor Party down there. I can't remember his name, but he's really – that dude is ripped. The Premier of South Australia, the new oh, guy, Malinowska. Yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> he's got he's got um he's got hot dad vibes. I really want to see him just rip his shirt open on the Parliament floor and go mm. bring it at question time. Yeah. In fact, I'd probably pay money, and I know a lot of people. Okay, that I think would. you spend too much time alone. I do. <laughs> <laughs> so right. Too much time. Um, okay. So. The argument could be made that that was a political decision. Let's put it in Queensland because we want to make Queensland happy. Even though we don't like Palaszczuk, we do like the Queenslanders and we want them to vote for us at the next election. So let's give them this great new military vehicle thing. Okay. Now, one of the things Australia does, we actually make really good military vehicles. Yeah. The Bushmaster is an absolute rocker. And we send them to the Ukraine. We send them to the – well, we send 50. Yeah. I hope they're still going. It'd be really embarrassing. (laughs) He said thank you. Only just last week. He said they've been using them and they've been great. They've been fantastic. Yeah, Yeah, the warranty. Uh, How long does this warranty (laughs) extend for? It's five years or 150,000 bullet holes. Okay, fine, no worries. Yeah, yeah. Right. So there's that. Now, we we do make stuff down here. There's another thing we've made. You're going to love this one. The ghost bat. The ghost bat? The ghost bat. Any Uh, ideas what it could be? A plane. Very close. A drone. Correct, Amundo. Not only is it a drone, it's a really, really good drone. Mm. Right, it's an excellent drone. It's a, yep. like it's top-notch drone. The Americans they used it in an exercise. Again, we're talking about this. They used it in an exercise. Uh, I think it was Talisman or Saber or one of those ones up in northern Australia. Mm-hmm. And the Americans are like, going, "This thing is the bomb." Can Literally. you put a bomb on it? Yeah. <laughs> That's the only problem. It's just a surveillance platform. Well, I love that. I love that we just come up with things that are really useful but don't kill multiple yeah. people. <laughs> don't worry. I can guarantee you within a year's time that thing will be killing yeah, people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? So this is the thing, right? We've got to let everyone know that, hey, we're doing the right job and we're doing a good thing. Yeah. Now, the other thing is, and this is a really important point, is deterrence. Yeah. We want the other side to know what we've got. Now, that may seem counterproductive, but secret weapons are absolutely useless unless you're in a war. Yep. So what is the biggest secret weapon that you can think of that we ever had? The biggest secret we- weapon that the biggest Australians weapon, have well, had not Australia, or just in general? Just in general. We're talking secret weapons in time of war. Nuclear bomb. Boom. That's it. The atomic program, right? The yep. nuclear program. That was hugely secret, but that was also hugely secret because they were in the middle of a war. Yeah. Right? And the man who invented it, you know, spent a lot of time regretting it. Oppenheimer. Yeah. Yeah. 
Definitely. He had a lot of regret over making it because he never thought that it would be used in that way. Not and sure enough. But you know what? That's the problem. Give a kid a firecracker, he will set fire to it. He will yeah. light the fuse. And point it in someone's and direction. And point it in someone's direction. <laughs> yeah. Use it as a gun. Yeah, right? yeah. Instead of going pretty lights, it's like pretty lights yeah. that hurt your face. Right? So this is the thing. You want them to know what you've got. Yeah. Right? That way it does two things. One, let's not call a war because that F-35 looks really good or let's not – start a war because that new nuclear submarine looks really good or let's not start a war because that ghost bat really, it keeps looking in my window and embarrassing me when I'm in the shower. <laughs> yeah. Right? So but it delivers that- a mean Domino's pizza. <laughs> yeah. It, man, that thing can just drop a pizza on yeah. a dime. It just landed on my plate. <laughs> it's great. Right? The other thing is it forces them to keep up. Right mm. now, this this is a great point if you want to look at what happened to the Soviet Union. But if you want to stay ahead of someone, why do you need them to keep up? Uh, uh, you don't want no, no no economically it means they're not they're oh, pushing I more see. money right, into yeah, their military yeah, yeah. program okay. so they're wasting more money that's what happened with the russians the americans went let's get into an arms race mm. right and the american economy was stronger right so they were able to take the lead in the arms race and it broke the russian economy it really did right that was one of the reasons why the soviet union fell apart they couldn't pay their soldiers that's so interesting yeah you've got that look on your face no 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 i'm just like it's just Boys and their toys. I mean, like when you think about what we what we spend our money on and how we could have actually just helped our country. Exactly. All right. That's the point. These people are spending money on military mm. equipment, and half the time it doesn't work. Right. This is yeah. the other thing: is the amount no, of money we spend on military equipment that we never even see. I don't, can't remember how many millions it was on the submarines that didn't show up. Yeah. We had all of these helicopters, the Taipan helicopters that we were going to buy that. And I don't That's even not- think those submarines are ever going to show up. Like, I, I think we're just spending money on something. But interestingly- That is the point of a submarine, though. You don't want it to ever show up. Right? You want it to never be seen. But it's interesting because, like, our defence used to be quite good. And yeah. then in the 80s, like the late 80s, early 90s, yeah. we started pulling it apart and yeah. we started privatising it. Yes, we boom. Sta- So we started privatising it. Yep. And then, and I know this because my father was in the Air Force. Exactly. And so a lot of who he worked for him what he worked around because he was an airframe fitter, those jobs got privatised. Exactly. Right. Now, this is the point. In the 80s, when the whole neoliberal ideology started kicking in with Thatcher and Reagan Mm. and globalisation became the big deal. Yeah. So we go back to the F-35 that's got bits of it made all over the the planet, including the country that it's likely to be flying against. Oh, yeah. It's crazy to me. Globalisation has suddenly made defence. It's And it was uh, Eisenhower- Back on his last speech to the American people, President Eisenhower, who was also the general that led the D-Day invasion of Europe in World War II, basically warned the world, do not get caught in the thrall of the military-industrial complex. Right. But we have, right? We are now stuck in it. And the problem with that is, is there is so much money sloshing around in this system Right, so the whole idea is like the globalization of the arms industry. Mm. It was I was listening to a podcast just the other day, and it was a former member of BAE, which is the British, the British Aerospace Engineering. Yep. Oh well done. You know your stuff. My uh, my dad then worked for. Of BAE. course, he worked for BAE. <laughs> right. So this guy worked for BAE, and the other one was a defence journalist. Right. Now the interesting thing they both said was a lot of journalists when journalism started tanking where mm. you know everyone started cutting their newsrooms back a lot of journalists went to places like Northrop and BAE and all of these different company military companies mm. to write their press releases to yeah. be their journalist in-house journalist to start promoting 
the whole ideal of what they're doing. Now, I don't know if you've noticed, have you been to Canberra Airport recently? Canberra Airport? No, I have not. Stupid question, really. I just That look on your face which just said, why would I go to yeah, Canberra Yeah, I mean, Airport? there are other places I would rather fly into. There are better airports, shall we say. <laughs> right. Now, the next time you go to an airport, have a look around at who's advertising, which military companies are advertising. Right, Raython has a lot of signs up around Sydney Airport. If you walk into Canberra Airport, it's yep. almost every single billboard is a military organisation. Rathan, Grumman, Lockheed Martin, Boeing, they all do it. Right. right? Why? Because they want to get the politicians to pay attention. Who are the one people that walk through that airport all the time? Just the politicians. Politicians. Because no one is flying into Canberra. Oh, no, occasionally I do. What? When I'm desperate. Come on, it's like literally just down the road. Sometimes I've got to get to my mother really quickly. She could be (laughs) sick. Uh, I just want to go up there and... I'm too lazy to drive. By the time time. you drive to the airport, park your car, check in, get on the plane, you would have already been in Canberra. Yep. True. (laughs) But sometimes I just don't want to do Lake George. That section from Goulburn to Canberra is so boring. Just get on a train. Oh, no, that's worse. Okay. Have you caught a train to Canberra? No, it's terrible. Here's the thing. Please catch a train to Canberra, everybody, because what happens is as you're coming into (laughs) Queanbeyan, right, in the back, like so around the back of um, Lake George – no, you go past the like Land Forces General Command, the mm. bunker. Mm. Right? You drive past and you just see a tank behind a fence and you go, oh, that's different. Yeah. Right? So here's the thing. These companies, are, they know how much money is at stake. Mm. They, and it's a lot of money. It's a crazy amount of money. The US have turned around to all of the members of NATO and said, you must spend at least 2% of your gross national product on defence. And wow, where's most of that money going to go? to America because they're the, they're the number one factory for arms on the planet. Yes, absolutely. Now, it's interesting because like what we spent this year, which yep. is like $48 billion yep. on defence spending, uh-huh. 48.6, is the same amount that Biden upped their defence spending. Yeah, that was- He a, upped it by 48. That was a top up. Our entire budget to him is like, uh, you need a five? Yeah, take 20. And I should say, when I said trillion, it was 300 billion, billion. not 300 tri- yeah, yeah, trillion. Yeah. I, got, I kind of got a little bit excited about it. But it does come close to hitting the trillion by the time they add other things in. Because oh, that's yeah. just like the, the defence spending. There's not the there's not the other stuff. Now, the other thing about defence spending at yeah. the moment is, as you said, it's been privatised crazily. Yeah. Right, to the point where, well, you look at Afghanistan and you look at Iraq in particular, the number of- private security firms that were in there. Mm. At one point, they they estimated that there were more private security contractors in, I think it was Afghanistan, no, it might have been Iraq, in Baghdad, yeah. than there were military personnel, right? And now these guys, the thing about a military personnel is you have rules of engagement as a right. person. As a contractor, well- it depends on what the contract says. But also, like, you know, for a position such as my dad, who was, you know, an airframe fitter and stuff yeah. like that, they had rules and they reported into someone and yeah. they were very, very strict with what they did. But once we, what we find is once we privatise stuff, who's overseeing that stuff? Exactly. Who's right. making sure that those things are being put back to – well, because basically his job was to pull planes apart and put them back together again. Go through and make sure that nothing's yeah, make cracked. Sure, yeah, make yep. sure everything's good. Who's doing that? Who's overseeing that work? Exactly. Who's overseeing it? Well, Hopefully you've got you've got defence inspectors that come in, but yeah, here's course, the other thing, and but- this is a really important thing to remember, is the argument can be made that an organisation like defence, which is so big, yeah. so bloated with money, the idea of corruption is not foreign to the defence department exactly. by any shape. And I would imagine that it wouldn't be much cheaper to privatise something than to have. 
people on the books. Well, there's an interesting point that we made as well as it's that classic thing of people that get redundancy packages. Yeah. My, my brother got redundancy package from health. He was working yeah. for health and he got a redundancy package and then he, he bought a farm. <laughs> he, he, <laughs> he retired, bought a farm and he was looking for a tractor. So he went to a field day mm. uh, just outside of Canberra in Murrum Bateman to buy a tractor and while he was there, he bumped into the Departmental Secretary of Health who knew him quite well and went, right. oh, Phil, look, I've got a meeting on Monday. I'd like you to step in. To which he went, I don't work for you anymore. And he went, you don't? He went, no, you gave me a redundancy. I've retired. I'm out. And he went, I want you at the meeting anyway. He went, I don't work for you anymore. And he went, well, how about you become a consultant? And he tripled the amount of money he made exactly. straight away. Exactly. This is away. my point. Right. Like, I just don't – like, everyone wants to come in and privatise stuff. And in some regards, I do believe that that is good. I sometimes think with things like, you know, electricity and stuff like that, privatising can work. Can work. Can work. Not gas. <laughs> Okay. Or electricity I, at the moment either, for that matter. Yes, but also the government had never made money. Well, also, we We'd, screwed ourselves. We screwed ourselves. Yeah. We never put money into the, the poles and the wires, yeah, yeah. so the thing was falling apart. Yeah. So just that's just a side note. Yeah, 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 um, yeah that's electricity. It's got nothing to do with spies. <laughs> Actually, it does, but we won't talk about it. Anyway. Yes, but I do think that like what we've seen now, consequently, is that the defence budget has blown out because we are paying people triple what they're worth. We're paying too much money for what we're getting. Yes. I mean, here's a classic is $500 million, half a billion dollars to renovate the War Memorial. Now, before we go any further, I have a very, very soft spot for the War Memorial Yes, but it doesn't deserve half a billion dollars. Half a billion dollars. But they've just topped it up to the tune of something like $40 or $50 million. And it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. whoa." Here's the thing. Look at the board. Yeah. Members of that board are also members of Raytheon. terrible. Grumman, yep. Lockheed, yep. all of it. Like, and it's like, whoa, 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 wait, this is a memorial to the, the, you know, mm. the, the honoured dead. It's not meant to be a fun park, right? And here's the thing, Avalon Air Show. Yep. I love the Avalon Air Show. Have you ever been? Avalon Air Show, no. Right, Avalon Air Show, they also have one down in Albion Park, right? And it's, you know, you'll get you know, a Spitfire flyover and then an F-18. I and- grew up watching air shows. Yeah, 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 yeah. I had to go to air shows all the time. I spent a good portion of my upbringing looking into the sky. Yeah, same here. Yeah. I did that. Like um, My father was the guy who did the flyby. He was lead pilot in the flyby for yeah. the opening of the Opera House. But, like, the way we use... You know, planes and stuff for air shows and planes in general. That Do you know how, what that's doing to the climate? Do you also know how <laughs> much it costs to, say, throw an F-18 growler down it's crazy. Um, the Brisbane River for Skyfire? I but know. again, Defence wants us to see this equipment in action. Right. Otherwise, we go, hang on. Why but it's we- bad for the environment yep. and it costs us a shit ton of yep. money. Like, I don't understand why we need to do it. Well, one thing, we do need our pilots to be very experienced in what they do. They've got to, they've got to fly. Oh, yeah, because right. the one thing we've learned out of COVID is what happens when you offload a shit ton of pilots, Qantas, I'm yeah. looking at you, yeah, yeah, yeah. when people want to fly again, you go, oh, shit, we don't have any pilots who have got any kind of hours up over the past two years. Put it this way. Ukraine, <laughs> here, this, is, this is a perfect thing. Ukraine versus Russia, yeah. all right? Russia has a much bigger air force. It's, it's got a bigger army and everything. It's mm. currently kicking Russia's ass because, one, the Ukrainian pilots were getting, I think, 600 hours a year right. in their aircraft where the Russians were lucky to be getting 60. And that and that makes a massive difference. A huge difference, all right? It's the, the classic 10,000 hours to make an expert, right? So the more time you spend in the machine or a simulator, and a simulator is different. You don't get the yeah. physical stru- the stresses that you would in a plane. So this is the thing. We have the we, – we throw it out there so we as the people that are paying mm. for this yes. go – 
Oh, that's great. Now, I did watch the video. My my mother-in-law sent me the because she lives right on the Brisbane River, yep. sent me the video of the F-18 Growler. I love the way it's called, the Growler. A growler. That's fantastic. The Growler. The Growler going down Brisbane River. And even and you could hear the crowd going, oh, mm. oh yeah, wow. And everyone's cheering and waving flags. And yep. part of me went, yeah. And the other part of me went, oh, that's a bit, that's a bit weird. Right, but we do. It's this thrill of seeing this incredible oh, machine yeah. flying through the sky. But you know, we can lose that incredible and very expensive machine yeah. literally in the blink of an eye. Yes, and I mean the biggest propaganda to have happened in like the last six months is the latest Top Gun movie. Have you seen the latest Top Gun movie with Are Tom you Cruise? Kidding! It's actually amazing. But I, well, the story's a bit naff. But I know, but yeah, like, I don't care. I don't but, care. But you know, this is all propaganda. America yeah. is great. Look yeah. at the might of our machines. Yeah. And I also love. Of how they didn't name the enemy, they called it the enemy. So you could just you could you could just insert enemy here. What having a, what, the what, enemy? Yeah. We're fighting the enemy. The, Look, here's what the enemy is doing. Them. There's the enemy, yeah. and you're like you could just insert whatever enemy you imagine it to be. Exactly, the ubiquitous him. Now, now uh, them. <laughs> now here's the thing. Watch the end credits, and where it says, "You know, filmed on location at they invaded Canada." <laughs> Now you made Canada. The Canadians deserved it. Well, you know what? Hey, they're sitting up there with their free healthcare and stuff. Hey, and being all polite, let's shoot at them. Yeah, right. Top Gun's a really, really good example of like the American Defence Department has a a division specifically for this for making movies. And now, when they when they were going out and promoting it, um, someone I work with who's on air at Nova, yeah. Got to go up in a fighter jet. Oh my god! And he got I the training. Am, oh my god! I was so I'm jealous. So as well. jealous. Yeah, and he got the training. Got to go up in the fighter jet, and you oh. know it was pretty scary stuff. Oh, they, gotcha. had to, they had to tell him what, like, what's going to happen. He almost blacked out. Like yep. it was pretty crazy, but it was super expensive just for him to go up. Yep. And yeah. I'm like, this is all about promoting a movie. Yes, <laughs> yes, but. You know, how much, did it cost, how much did it cost to make that movie? Probably half a billion dollars or, you know, probably two, three hundred million. Are you looking it up right now? I am looking it you up right now. You are such a modern person. I, I, I know. Tell me what the budget is. 170 million. 170 million. That's pretty cheap considering it breached a billion dollars, I think, in the first three or four weeks. Yeah. I mean, as an investment goes, that's great. And you know what? If they borrowed that F-18 to take journalists up for a flight, you can be pretty sure that part of that $170 million budget went to that plane. Yeah. Right? So, yeah. in a way, it's also we're kind of renting them out. Interesting point. Lockheed Martin now have a squadron of its own F-18s. Do they? That they can rent out. If you need an F-18 to invade them, <laughs> aka Canada. The enemy. You can borrow them, yeah. right? For a, for a neat little price. Probably yes. more expensive than buying them. This is the thing. It's a money. It's become the military-industrial complex as Eisenhower said, and yep. look, I'll find the audio and I'll see if we can tag it on at the end. But basically his speech said, look, if we don't keep an eye on the military-industrial complex, it's going to get out of control. Well, it, I think what, what we're seeing, particularly in uh, you know the US, they've upped their military spending, but they've pulled out of wars. So yeah. at the end of the day, what are, they, what are they upping it for and why are they spending all this amount of money on well, defence? Uh, well, yeah, China. Right, we well, have of course, China. Of, China. of course, China. But like, I don't think China's going to attack us anytime soon. Well, not us. But what if they take Taiwan and then everyone's got to get involved, right? So there is that also. Mm-hmm. The, the, here's the next stage yeah. of it: is the demonization of we need the them. Yeah, but you know what? It sounds like just a big dick slinging contest. 
keep telling you, we need a milliner's table in yeah. the middle of the room and everyone just flop it out yes. and measure it while all the girls just stand around, you know, with martinis and champagne. No, going, we'll, you, you know what, we'll, we'll, actually, we'll actually solve the world's problems. Yeah, exactly. Well, while what? you guys are like sorting out your dick size, we'll like get involved. <laughs> oh, yeah. where are we measuring it from exactly? Yeah, exactly. Right. So this is the thing. It's like this is why I wanted to talk about it because there's a really interesting question to come in mm-hmm. and yes. basically – and it really comes down to this, is it's up to us yes. as the voting population, as the people, to basically sit there and go, excuse me, why are we spending this much money yes. on this? Agreed. We need to be educated. We need to maintain a focus on it. Um, otherwise, it's just going to get out of control. Yeah, and I don't actually think that we've spent that much money on it. So in terms of what we have wasted cash on, I think we're Well, that's. Okay. I mean, that's the other problem is the amount of bloat and the amount of waste. But I will say this as well. We are particularly vulnerable and I do believe that we need to take the necessary steps to ensure that Mm we can protect ourselves. Bottom line is, can we please spend the money on the right stuff? Yes. Not the wrong stuff. Like nuclear submarines that will never happen. Uh, Yeah. Can we (laughs) – maybe we should just get really well-armoured white flags and just chill out. No, that wouldn't work for me. Yeah, well, we can just drink all that wine that we're failing to sell to China. (laughs) (laughs) We just invite China to come down and drink it here. (laughs) I think it's a great idea. Done. Done. G'day, Frosty here. I've snuck back in without Michelle to add this little bit at the end. I mentioned US President Dwight D. Ike Eisenhower's farewell address to the US in January 61, where he talks about the military-industrial complex. It's an eerily prescient speech when you consider what we've been talking about this app. So I thought I'd let you listen and consider it for yourselves. Make of it what you will. And thanks again for listening. A vital element in keeping the peace is our military establishment. Our arms must be mighty, ready for instant action, so that no potential aggressor may be tempted to risk his own destruction. Our military organization today bears little relation to that known of any of my predecessors in peacetime, or indeed by the fighting men of World War II or Korea. Until the latest of our world conflicts, the United States had no armaments industry. American makers of plowshares could, with time and as required, make swords as well. But we can no longer risk emergency improvisation of national defense. We have been compelled to create a permanent armaments industry of vast proportions. How to do this? Three and a half million men and women are directly engaged in the defense establishment. We annually spend on military security alone more than the net income of all United States corporations. Now this conjunction of an immense military establishment and a large arms industry is new in the American experience. The total influence, economic, political, even spiritual, is felt in every city, every state house, every office of the federal government. We recognize the imperative need for this development, yet we must not fail to comprehend its grave implications. Our toil, resources, and livelihood are all involved. So is the very structure of our society. In the councils of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. 
the potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists and will persist. We must never let the weight of this combination endanger our liberties or democratic processes. We should take nothing for granted. Only an alert and knowledgeable citizenry can compel the proper meshing of the huge industrial and military machinery of defense with our peaceful methods and goals so that security and liberty may prosper together.